Third and four for the Eagles here. Murphy and shotgun. Here's the snap. He rolls left. He throws. This is the WZBC Sports Podcast, episode four. So excited to be joined again by my good friend, Scott Hill. But Scott, this time we're diving into BC basketball. This is part one of the WZBC Sports BC basketball preview uh, and a lot to get to in this one. This is only part one, so there's definitely more to come. But we're going to explore the recruiting class that's coming in, the, the incoming freshmen we have, the departures from the guys we left. And our general outlook on the team, do we think this team can take that next step to to avoid um, the faith they felt in 2015, 2016 and kind of put that season fully behind them? So again, Scott, uh, first off, thanks for joining me to talk some BC basketball. Steve, I couldn't be happier to be here, man. I think, um, you know, we're due for a fun season ahead of us. And, uh, you know, it was um, even though the team didn't win as many games as we hoped for last year, it was great going to them. And I love BC and I love basketball and I couldn't be more excited for the season. Yeah, Scott, I agree. I'm very excited for this season. You and I are some of the biggest fans. I believe we were at every home game last year that was not over a break. Um, yeah, I, I believe it. And even for some of the even for some of the uh, the games that they did not hang around as well, and we'd always a great time. I think it's a fun team to watch. And there there is with this team, there's that that aspect and room for growth. I mean, this, definitely. The, the, they're only gonna go up. I think we saw flashes out of AJ Turner and Jerome Robinson, especially Jerome Robinson, that there's some some fun stuff to build around. Yes. Um, so we're gonna get into that. Uh, but let's first. And they, and they should have won a few ACC. Absolutely. Last year. Yeah, they I mean, weren't as bad as that record. Ended. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, so unfortunately, the record didn't work out. Um, but I think they can turn around, turn it around this year. I'll still never get over that NC State game. <sighs> but, the, but the worst Man, was North that, Carolina at home. That NC State one that was taken from us by. A power higher than higher than us. I mean, man, that, that was, was just yeah. that was that was witchcraft right there. Divine intervention. I mean, the good Lord did not want to see us win a win. win a I game. guess he was on NC State. Speaking of NC State, do you know that I believe that they have it? Their freshmen. Like, let me rephrase that. The number one recruit in this recruiting class, so the guys that are becoming freshmen, is on NC State's team. You wouldn't, I would not have expected NC State no, to I, get the I, number I one overall, um, but he's on NC State. Um, so yeah, so the ACC is wow. is going to be strong again as always. Let's just break down the landscape of the team first. Uh, we have seven departures, four transferred out, and uh, three graduated. The four that transferred out were freshman Simi Barnes Tompkins um, and freshman Matt Milan. And uh, sophomore Edie Jallo and uh, Daryl Hicks. Now Daryl might have been a redshirt sophomore last year, um, but he has departed. Graduates Eli Carter, the uh, fifth-year uh, graduate student from uh, Florida and, and Rutgers, I believe he was at before that. Yeah. Dennis Clifford, um, BC his whole career, but had a lot of injury problems. Never, I don't think, reached his full potential. Although he had a pretty good season last year. That's right. It was a good, it was a really good second half. They kept throwing that stat around. Like in the last eight ACC games, I think he averaged something close to fourteen points and ten rebounds. Um, you know, he 
he did come around for the second half, and we will miss him ultimately. He did give his all for the program. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, uh, I heard great things about him, and and uh, yeah, he was a standstill for us for for a lot of years. Um, and also uh, feel good story and uh, walk on. Um, but by the end of, by the end of his time, he actually had a scholarship. Steve Papilia, um, out of uh, yeah. Broomall, Pennsylvania. Um, he he graduated uh, and took his talents, uh, I believe, back home. But he could still be in the area. But so they're they're the seven guys that that are gone from the team. Seven newcomers, three transfers in. Uh, Connor Tava, he is a power forward from uh, Western Michigan. Uh, Jordan Chapman, transfer from BYU. Chapman's story is interesting. I believe he uh, had uh, two years of service, um, possibly out of the country. Um, I'm assuming something to do with um, some of BYU's um, values and kind of what they do they have like a required like yeah like two year Mormon mission yeah that everybody does so it's it's strange for us to think about but that's I guess very common by their standards yeah Chapman um, is from the state of Washington was the Gatorade State Player of the Year there his senior year of high school wow. um, so uh, he's a transfer in and Maurice Jeffers is a transfer in from Delaware um, Delaware is in uh, the uh, CAA. So uh, Jeffers is also a power forward. Chapman's a shooting guard. So they are the transfers in. Tava and Jeffers are fifth-year transfers. And I believe Chapman has two or three years left of eligibility. He's a 6'5 shooting guard. Yeah, a, qu- a quick word that, Steve. Can you, re- can you remember another time you saw such, um, such turnover on a roster before? I mean, um, this is, like, shocking. I mean, I, you, I guess you've seen high, heavy turnover on teams that have uh, – you know, that were heavy on veterans, like senior-laden teams. Well, they graduate a lot, but this is, like, unbelievable turnover for a team. No, Scott, you're right. And I think, although it doesn't look necessarily pretty on the surface, I think it could be a good thing. I heard from some of, some of my sources uh, last season that, as most coaches do, Coach Christian met with all the guys at the end of the last season and kind of laid out for them their future playing potential with the team. Um, and my guess is that, um, at least with Edie Jallo and Sammy Barnes Tompkins, Coach Christian probably told them with the recruits we have coming in and with the expected growth of the guys we have, you guys might not see too much of the court. And they weren't players who I think were going to be big impact players from here to come. So I think they transferred out probably because they were going to lose playing time. I think Matt Milan. You're saying that about Jallo and Barnes Tompkins? Yeah. I, that, so, you know, that's kind of surprising, I think, because um, Jallo, we always said. Looked like an NBA player. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he looked like he looked like the mix between were, Usain Bolt and Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, he he looked incredible. Um, his play in the court never matched no. his physical appearance, but he seemed like you know if I was a coach, I would have tried very hard to keep Edie around in hopes that one day he would tap into that because you you couldn't deny he had the physical frame. And then Sammy Barnes Tompkins did seem. Uh, he had, he had his up and down freshman year, but I, I thought he had some talent. Um, I thought he was the number two most impressive guy in the warm up line behind yeah. Adam Owens. Yes, he could slam at home despite being I don't believe very tall. No, Simeon Simons was not a big guy. I would see him around campus. Yeah. He was um, at least a couple inches shorter than me. And I'm you know under six two, but um, and, and he he did he scored fifty points in a single half in high school. Which yeah, that just. I was very impressed by that. Really, really impressive. Although we'll get to him in a minute, but Kai Bowman, one of the freshmen, scored forty-two, I believe, in his last high school game. So not fifty, and that's, that's not fifty and a half, but still pretty good. We'll, yeah. we'll get into uh, Bowman, and I think just, I would have thought if I was Jim Christian, I would have tried to fight a little harder to keep those two around, just to yeah, see, you know. Maybe I think the big loss is Matt Milan because he provided Definitely. you with with 
a, a legitimate range of shooting from the three-point yeah. area, but uh, I, my sources also told me that Matt Milan was just not happy with the program. Not that they did a poor job handling him, I just think he was best fit somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of kind of what happened with him. And, and he's at William & Mary now? He's member of I the believe tribe. he is, yes. I believe he was... Uh, yeah. Looking into Creighton, um, that didn't work out. I, I'm not sure why it didn't. I, I don't know for sure, but he's that William Mary. And Daryl Hicks is an interesting one. He did get some playing time last year. Scott, I'll be honest with you. I've seen him around campus. Daryl Hicks is back I've at seen him too. BC. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know, but he's not He's not on the BC best ball roster. I think he's living with Garland Owens. I see them walking back from 2000 a bunch. Yeah, so um, Daryl Hicks is an interesting and ongoing story. We will update the press yeah. when we when we know more. I mean, he, had, he had good moments last he year. He did. He was, a, he was a good... I hope he is around and I, I hope that he has a good year for us. Yeah, he was a, he was a good player um, off the bench when we needed some depth, that's for sure. So they're the three transfers in. Tava, Jeffers, and Chapman. The freshmen are made up of uh, point guard Ty Graves, uh, guard, I would say, you know, not sure where he's going to be slotted yet, guard Kai Bowman, um, Mike Segay at the small forward, he's a New England recruit, and uh, good things to say about him, we'll talk about him, and Nick Popovich, who I believe is uh, from Europe, but came uh, to play high school basketball in Florida, and uh, he is on his way to, he's actually here now, I believe he's rooming with, with Bowman, I see them together a lot. Um, see these. See this is why you listen to WZBC Sports, Scott, because you wouldn't know these guys. You wouldn't know where these guys live, who they're living with. We provide that perspective. Yeah, we provide good good insight. Very good insight. So let's talk about the recruiting class. According to twenty four seven Sports dot com, BC's recruiting class is ranked eighty three nationally uh, and twelfth in the ACC. The teams that are behind them in this recruiting class within the ACC, um, in order, are Louisville, Pitt, and Clemson. Uh, and they're all a good amount of spots behind. Um, you know, that's that's pretty. I mean, I would think Louisville would recruit a lot better. Yeah. But I'll say a, a few things on this. I think okay, maybe Louisville's so stocked with players already. Yeah. They just weren't really taking guys. It's possible um, in this one. Uh, Clemson. That's kind of an interesting situation. Clemson's interesting. Their coach is like on the you know verge of being fired. Um, and so I don't really know what's going on over there. And they spent all last season playing not at, in Clemson. Mm-hmm. They were playing in, in Greenbow, I believe. Yes. And I think that might have turned off recruits because um, I don't know if their new Coliseum is finished yet. Um, and those numbers you said about the BC recruiting class, 83rd nationally? 83rd, right? yes. Mm-hmm. And then 12th in the ACC. I mean, that sounds miserable. Um, it doesn't sound great, yeah. yeah. I mean, that really, that's hard to hear, um, especially as a, you know, a fan and a basketball enthusiast, you don't want to hear that about your school. But, um, I, th- you know, having looked into these guys, I think we have some good players in this class, and I think they're going to be underrated and outperform these um, subjective rankings. Well, Scott, I agree, and I think it could be the case of, similar to BC basketball, just kind of based on where we sit in the totem pole, sometimes probably the recruits maybe lose a, a little bit of, of style points when they choose BC. And that's not, a, that's not a comment on the school. I just think that's, you know, when you're choosing Duke, you get a lot of style points. When you're choosing a school like BC, which is a smaller school, maybe it hurts the recruiting ranking a little bit. Who knows? But um, they come in at 83. Just oh, I can't believe that. I can't believe that, you know, a power five school would work against you. If that were the case, I think they would knock off, you know, NC state got the top recruit. And in that case, they would probably knock off. On yeah, him. No, it, it, it could go both ways. It's tough to say, but, um, I just think with the lack of success, the program has had in the last five maybe it's years cracked up more to that. And Jim, you know, Jim Christian's, uh, 
uh, I don't want to say the jury's still the jury is still out on him. I mean, that's yes. you know he came from Ohio and this is. But he's been yeah traditionally a MAC level coach, and I think he still has to prove himself to these big time prospects. No, you're right. That he's worth their time. Um, but let's just a couple numbers on these guys. Uh, not to throw a bunch of numbers at the listeners, but just we'll throw them out there just so you know. Ty Graves, he's the highest ranked recruit in the class. He was a McDonald's All American nominee out of North Carolina. Um, according to 247sports.com, all these are according to 247sports.com. Graves is um, 257th player nationally. He's the 44th point guard, and he is 11th uh, within the state of North Carolina. Uh, Bowman is also from North Carolina. He is 357 nationally, 74th in his position, 19th in the state, so 8 behind Graves. Segay is from Connecticut, 370th nationally, position 68th, 9th in the state, so that he broke the top 10 within Connecticut. Um, and Popovich, 341 nationally, 77th with his position, and 21st in uh, the state of Florida. And Florida's a very good state. Um, Milan was from Florida last year. So um, the numbers could be better, but I think numbers are what they are. Um, you can only take them to so far. And I think from what I know about these guys outside of these rankings, I like what I see. I cannot speak too much to Popovich and the role that Bowman will fill is tough to say at the moment, but I know a good amount about, about Graves. I mean, you got to believe that Bowman's going to be a point guard. Oh yeah. Um, or regularly playing at the Probably. I mean, at least he's, he's short. Yeah. Six one. He's not, at least it's what he's listed at. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if he was playing two at all. Um, but that, that would be fine, you know, assuming that Jerome Robinson primarily moves over to the two. You know, there's space for Bowman at the one, along with Graves. And so I think those will be two good players. And then Segay, you know, we have both watched a little bit of his uh, his film and uh, seen him play a little bit and researched him online. And I, I like everything I'm seeing from Segay. I think he's going to be a good player for us. Yeah, Scott, I agree. I, I'm excited to see um, what he can bring. He'll probably be backing up, turn at the small forward position. Um, but let's just kind of get into get into the um, the team. Just to phrase where, where we're looking at, I'm going to give you a big question. But will BC basketball be better? And I think you and I both know the answer to that question. But let's just talk about why why they think we'll be better, why, why we think they'll be better. Um, a lot of people have said that this team is – there's a very tough one to tell because you lose you lose all these guys and you bring in all these new guys. So are they any better? Are they different? Some people say it's tough to say. I disagree with that. Uh, I think Ty Graves is, is a legitimate um, recruit. He had serious interest from Virginia. They have a they have a top ten um, recruiting class this year. Um, and uh, what they're doing in Charlottesville is great. I mean, they have a fantastic team. Um, and sh- should have been in the Final Four last year. Yeah. Um, so they're really good. Graves, I think, is, is a really legitimate player. He's a small guy. He's 5'11". He's a true point guard, um, but I think he's going to start. Jerome Robinson has the versatility to play at the two, so that's not a problem moving him up to the two. Um, and you got to hang your hope on uh, Jerome Robinson and A.J. Turner. Can they take that next step? So let's look at their stats from last year. I'll just kind of... Um, well, before, before we get into that, Steve, I just want to say... Um, I agree with everything you've said about these guys, you know, the new recruits being good and, you know, building on the building blocks we had last year. But I think we're going to be better for the simple fact of addition by subtraction. I think Eli Carter was bad for us last year. I don't think he helped us win games. The offense was not very in a set with him. He was a skilled player. Sure. To be sure. Um, And brought a rare skill set. But his style of playing, I don't believe, was conducive to the team winning basketball games and I think that 
really showed it sometimes, and um, his shooting percentages were were pretty tough. No, I agree. I absolutely agree with you. Um, maybe Coach Christian brought him in to say, like, look, we need a spark that can score a lot. And in one sense, Carter was that. But I think he might have hurt the development of the team a little bit last year, and maybe they would have won a couple more games without him. It's tough to say. Um, but Robinson and Turner, they're, they're the guys this year. The, and, yeah. you know, Scott, not to put a big weight on them, but the program is depending on these two. If Jerome Robinson and A.J. Turner collectively – do not work out and do not fulfill the potential of ACC superstars. I'm not, I'm not calling these guys future. No, no, hold on. Hear me out. I'm not calling them NBA draft picks. I'm saying within the context of the ACC, if you want to compete, you got to have great players. And if, and let's just say, you know, the Marcus pages and uh, the Grayson Allen's of the ACC, they're the superstars within the conference. I'm not, I'm again, I'm not calling superstar by, you know, I'm not calling them LeBron James. I'm just calling them within the conference. We need those guys to be that. That's what they have they to, be. to be. Really no, they really sure. do. So there's a lot of, depending on them, but I think especially from Robinson, we saw flashes. I mean, before he went down with that broken wrist in the Miami game, which we were there for, he was averaging numbers that were putting him in the conversation for first team all ACC rookie. I really believe that. I heard this from several sources. You know, a lot of people reported this. Um, he was averaging 11.7 points last year, four rebounds, three blocks, um, and uh, 1.4 steals. He's a six-five guard that can play the point. So I think there's a there's a lot to build on with him. Do you expect to see improvement on him? Yeah, um, he he had a good season last year. Like you said, he was. Um, you know, he, he got he was great slashing to the rim. Yep. He shot thirty eight percent from three. He um, he passed the ball. Uh, I thought he was a major victim of Eli Carter's selfishness. Um, I thought that he was a guy who needed more offensive touches and who did not get them, and that's why his scoring was lower than it should have been. But I think he's a capable player who will only get better, and uh, if he can improve upon that shooting percentage, and um, you know, continue to grow and feel more confident. Um, there's no reason that he can't develop into a really good player. Yeah, I agree, um, and we're going to need him to do that. I was talking to uh, actually someone within the basketball program over the summer, and I said, you know, how did the team kind of how do they how were they feeling after last season? They lost by you know, more than twenty to Florida State in the first round of the ACC tournament. I said, what was the feeling with the team? And he told me that. Um, Robinson and Turner went to uh, the coaches and said, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to get better? What do we need to do right now? We want to start right now in March. I mean, I was at that game at the Verizon Center in Washington, D.C. Um, he, you know, he's, they said to him, what do we need to do to get better? What do we need to do to make this team better? And I think they worked all offseason really, really hard. So that turns us to A.J. Turner. A.J. Turner has all the physical skill sets. Some websites listed him as a four-star recruit. He's from New Hampshire. He's from Michigan, out of via New Hampshire, where he played uh, his final years of high school. He's uh, a player that has, you know, a lot of ability written all over him. Great on defense, long arms, um, quick, athletic. We haven't seen the potential to score yet. Uh, only average, I believe, under six six points last season, 5.8 to be exact. Um, shot 26% from three, um, only 3.6 rebounds. For someone that's 6'7", playing the small forward position, not fantastic numbers, only 1.6 assists. Well, Steve, it was, it was interesting watching him play basketball last year. Because part of the, you know, 5.8 points per game uh, for a guy that's supposed to be a foundation um, player is definitely disappointing. But that's a combination of he shot very poorly, you know, 26% from three. Um, but he also did not assert himself, and he didn't take many shots. No, you're right. He would very, go, very good point. I mean, how many games last year where he would finish with 
four shots? Yeah. Five it, shots? It definitely seemed like Robinson was more assertive. I mean, he not seemed. He was more assertive. He absolutely was more yeah, assertive. Robinson got his shots. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he absolutely did. Um, so maybe that was just kind of the way the offense worked. Maybe Robinson felt like he could stack up a little bit better with Carter. Um, but I do think that timidness that we saw from Turner can be easily changed. It's going to take some time, but it can be changed. Um, and I think that he can have a really strong season. I, I'm, I'm excited about him. I think Robinson can be a really great player, but if we see a big jump from Turner, this team can can make... They uh, need a big jump from Turner. I would say he needs to average 12th game. I would agree. He needs to double I would agree. his production. I would absolutely agree. For this team to have a... For this team to win five or six ACC games, and they probably need, between him and Robinson, 30 points a game combined if they're going to make the NCAA tournament or come close. Sure. No, that's, that's a good point. Um, and you and I believe that this team can take a big step forward, that they can get a bunch of wins in the ACC. Some don't agree with that. And for anyone that listened to our Virginia Tech football preview podcast, they know that we're optimistic guys about BC sports, but I, re- I know this team, Scott. I really feel like I know this team and what they can be. And if Ty Graves is as good or better as Jerome Robinson was last year, and really looks like all the legitimacy that he's come in with, and Turn Robinson can average 30 points combined, this team will be so much better. I mean, like, it's it's tough for even for us for, to put it into words for for the BC fans. It, it's it's going to be a big step forward. Definitely. And now back to my point before, Steve. So looking at A.J. Turner's um, game-by-games uh, from last year, in his first college game, he takes five shots. You know, against Harvard, which was one of probably our biggest win last year, he took four shots. In the UNC game, he took four shots. Duke, four shots. Pittsburgh, two shots. Um, UVA, he took three shots. Um, no, only two shots against UNC. No, I believe the game. UNC game at home is he got hurt that game. He hurt his ankle that game, I want to say. Yeah, he only played 18 minutes, so that is less than normal. But still, 18 minutes, like... And then what did he miss the next five games, it looks he like? the next five. Then he came yeah. back, and he took eight shots to seven shots, respectively, in the last two games, which is, he, he probably should be taking at least ten shots a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, oh, absolutely. that's closer. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and of those ten shots, probably at least six or seven of them should be pretty close to the rim. You would think. Yeah, I mean, he has the he's size to be able to do that. Player. Yeah, he has the size can, to be able to do that. And the athleticism to get to the rim. Yeah, yeah, the athleticism is definitely there with him. I do not see AJ Turner as just a spot up shooter. No, which is what no. he tried to be at some points last season. Which <laughs> the problem he didn't his shooting percentage was bad. Turn look Turner has the build and the skills to be a complete player. He has to be that complete player like he has to be the man I think on both sides of the court because guys will pick him up he's not gonna have to be the center as I say he's not gonna have to be the point guard but he's got to be a complete player I, I think he can be but um he's gonna have to really step up and be more assertive out there and improve his uh, shooting percentage absolutely um okay Scott so the center position is an interesting one on this team as you talked about Dennis Clifford has departed it appears that John Carlos Reyes who missed a lot of a lot of last season with uh, a foot injury will be the guy but Nick Popovich is listed at 6'11", the freshman. He um, has uh, you know, a big body. He probably could use a little bit more weight, but 
as of now, he's, he's still young. I mean, he's, you know, he's only 18. Um, so him and Reyes should be at the center position. We don't know much about John Carlos Reyes. From what we've heard, you know, a solid recruit out of Georgia. But a lot's going to weigh on him because, you know, at, in the ACC, you need a strong center. You just do. Definitely. Well, you need that inside presence, you know, someone to protect the rim, somebody to, you know, block shots and get rebounds and, you know, D up the other centers, but then also somebody athletic who can jumpstart fast breaks and run the floor and get easy buckets for you. And I think John Carlos Reyes can do that. He's definitely athletic. Um, from what we've seen of him, he's a, a very good shot blocker and hopefully a good rebounder. But I think the problem with John Carlos Reyes is offensively um, in a half-court setting. I think he was um, not as good as a as he could have been last year. I specifically, I remember against Harvard and I believe Penn State, he really struggled um, to find the touch at the rim. And uh, that's something he's going to need to work on if we're going to have a good season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we'll see if Popovich can kind of fulfill that role with him. Maurice Jeffers should maybe get some time at uh, the, the center and the power forward yeah. position. But speaking of the power forward position, Connor Tava, He's a pretty good player, Scott. He came from Western Michigan, a pretty um, well-touted recruit. Um, people like what we saw to, saw out of him. He missed last season with injury, but in the 2014-2015 season, averaged 30 minutes, uh, 6.2 rebounds, 3.3 assists, a steal a game, and 12.3 um, points. Now, Western Michigan is is not in the ACC. I'm not trying to compare their, their competition to what we face, but I think he's going to be a legitimate presence at the four maybe a little bit at the three as well he should provide us with a nice spark yeah and he should start is what i'm assuming connor tava sounds like a good ball player and i think hopefully a a good addition to the team and again you know last year we had garland owens at the four where he was undersized and trying to play him in the draymond green role but for a number of reasons that didn't work out so i think it'll be a welcome change to have a properly sized power forward in the game and connor tava you know he's He's older, he's experienced, he's been there before, he's been a, um, a very effective player in both ends of the court. I think we're probably lucky to have him. But if, if Tava takes that role at the four, where does Owens come in? I mean, he's going to get time, he's, he's, he's a senior now, he's, he's provided a lot of effort for the team, but does he have the offensive skill set to really make a difference at the three? Uh, well, he now he should go back to the bench and he should go back to the role that he was always meant to have, which is... I think, you know, an energizer bunny bunny, Mm -hmm. um, coming off the bench. He probably shouldn't play more than uh, 15 or 20 minutes a game max, Um, but he should come in every now and then and give the team a spark. He plays good defense, uh, particularly, you know, guarding other uh, twos or threes. Um, And in the transition game, uh, I mean, he's the best on the team. It's just in the half court offensively. Um, he gets lost because he's not a big body and he can't post up and he also can't shoot. Um, at least that was the theme last year. So if he's improved his shooting, it could be an entirely different equation. But I think he will go back to the bench, but he will have a role on the team as a spark plug and as somebody who can uh, play good defense and dominate in transition. Yeah, and he's probably your team leader. You know, I mean, I think that yeah. a lot of guys have respect for him. He's been here, this is his fourth season now, and he's, he's always given a lot of effort. Definitely. At times, he's been overmatched at the position that he's had to play, but you can't always put that on him. He's been stretched in so many different ways in Last his time year, here. they didn't really give him a chance. No, it was so hard, and he, and he gave all he had. They forced that fit. Yeah, so, so but I, if he can learn to shoot, I mean, then it's a different ballgame. Then you can really play him. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right, Scott. Uh, so we'll see what we see out of uh, Garland Owens, but I think he would have to be a team leader. Um, so we were going to about to wrap up our uh, part one of the BC basketball preview, but let's just kind of go through our depth chart as of right now. The season starts, the first scrimmage is November 3rd. The season officially opens November 11th, Friday against Nichols State, Friday night game at Conti Forum. Um, but Scott, you and I have worked a little bit on a depth chart um, in the previous weeks. So let's kind of just give the listeners the, the guys that we think we're playing at, at each position. I say the point guard, I think Ty Graves will start. And I think number two at the, the point guard um, depth chart position will be Kai Bowman. Yeah, I think that's a safe assumption, Steve. I think you've hit that nail on the head. Uh, at the shooting guard position, Jerome Robinson, a very versatile player, can play the one as well, but I think he will start at the two. And I think behind him will be Jordan Chapman. Uh, he had a, some, some good games at BYU last season, and he should be a mature player to pop into the lineup. Uh, Walk-on Gordon Gehan, I think, will come in at the uh, third spot at the shooting guard position. At, that sounds about right. At the small forward position, I believe AJ Turner. Uh, it's it's his it's his role to have, but Mike Segay, an interesting guy. I believe he, he will be the second guy in line. Scott, he came here. He wanted to play right away. Uh, I'll quote him: Why he chose BC? First of all, it was close to home. It's a great academic school, and it is in the ACC. It's a team that's rebuilding, so I know I'll be able to come in and help out. I didn't like the idea of sitting and waiting as a freshman, so I took the opportunity to come here and play right away. And I, I think, Scott, I think he will play right away. We, we've read rave reviews about him online from coaches, from ACC he looks good, scouts. Steve. I think he's been, uh, he's been misrepresented on the recruiting websites. I think this guy's a ball player. Yeah, I agree. So I, we have him at the two. Urban's Mesniak's an interesting guy. Will his role be diminished or will he grow in his role? Uh, he will become off the bench. I have him at the third spot uh, in, the, in the totem pole for the, the uh, small forward position. But he's an interesting one. He's definitely a question mark. Maybe we'll get to him uh, yeah. more so in the coming uh, podcast. Yeah, Steve, I'm not sure what his role will be. If it were my guess, I would switch him out to the power forward position. Interesting. Where you have Garland Owens listed and bring Garland to the three. It's Garland to the three. Um, and that's uh, that's probably, you know, they'll probably both spend some time at each position yeah. over the course of the season. Um, I think of the two, Garland, they're not at the same level. Garland is going to play more than Mesniak's, I would think. Um, and Garland will definitely be a part of the team, whereas Irvin's uh, may or may not be. But I think in the best-case scenario, Irvin's becomes a stretch four off the bench and plays 10 to 15 minutes game. Yeah, I, I agree with that, that uh, assumption. Best-case scenario. And at the four, uh, at the the fourth spot for the small forward, uh, Asir Gabriel Michael. Um, we don't know too much about him, uh, but he's another walk on with Gihan, and uh, I believe that he will come in. Um, he will be uh, probably last in line at the small forward position. I've played with him a few times in the Plex. He's a Plex god. Yeah, I've heard he's fantastic. So, yeah, uh, so over in the the walls of Plex. Yeah, the ultimate pickup player. Um, hopefully that means that he'll challenge the guys in practice. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Um, at the four, at the power forward position, Connor Tav, I think, is a safe bet that he'll be starting there. Um, Owens or Mesniak's, one of them will probably be at, the, at uh, the second in line of the power forward position. And then Maurice Jeffers is just kind of, he's really a body to fill a lot of the, the time in between the games. Hope we get some time at the center position, but right now I have him listed third in line at the power forward position. Yeah, that sounds about right, Steve. I mean, he definitely seems like an insurance policy. Frankly, I don't know what we're going to get out of him. He seems like a curious addition to the team. He did not post gaudy stats at Delaware, and Delaware is nowhere near BC's league, you wouldn't think. So that does seem puzzling to me. But, you know, hopefully he's a quality ball player who, uh, for whatever reason, wasn't putting up dazzling stats. Um, but hopefully he makes a good contribution in the team. And when uh, 
Tava gets in foul trouble or what have you, he can come in for a few minutes here and there. Yeah, I think he will. I think he's a big body. He's 6'9". Uh, I think he'll provide good defense um, and good depth. I think is kind of what we're getting from him. And the center position we talked about, John Carlos Reyes should get the start um, behind Nick Popovich, and then Nick Popovich should be behind him. So, um, Scott, bottom line is I'm excited. The team is different than last year, without a doubt, but there's some bright spots and I think these guys can really take the big step forward if uh, things fall into place the right way. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Steve. I, I'm totally excited for this for the season for this team. I think uh, there's a lot of good players on it. You know, I, I believe in Coach Christian. I think he's doing the right stuff. I think um, you know, there are some uh, foundation blocks laid from last year, and I think Turner and Robinson will continue to improve. And I think we're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament this year but we can win five or six ACC games yeah. and uh, maybe even make a fun little run in the ACC tournament. Yeah, hopefully just... We'll, we'll give the fans something to cheer about. For sure. Hopefully just kind of putting those building blocks together for um, yeah. uh, hopefully the great program that Jim Christian is building. And hopefully, hopefully a good basketball season can kind of re- restore uh, respectability to just um, sports in general on yeah. the heights. You know, hopefully we can get some momentum in the basketball season, which will carry over to a better football season next year and maybe uh, or in the year after. And then at that same time, maybe we can make a run for the NCAA tournament in 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, chain reaction, hopefully of good things. Yes. So that is going to do it for uh, part one of the WZBC Sports BC Basketball Preview. Steve McAlee. Scott Hill. This is WZBC Sports Podcast, Episode 4. Check out WZBCSports.com for all the content, coverage, articles, podcasts, all the good stuff coming from there. You'll be seeing our podcast actually on iTunes soon. Uh, some pretty cool stuff um, coming out of WZBC Sports. So thanks for listening. Stay tuned for Part 2 of the WZBC Sports BC Basketball Preview that will be coming out soon. Hope you enjoyed this one and hope you got caught up on what BC Basketball should be expecting this season and all the exciting things that you have to look forward to that we are looking forward to. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Steve Scott, we'll see you next time on WZBC Sports Podcast. Gantini, make a nice little pass over to Sanford. Sanford gives it to Tuck. Tuck with a shot. Tuck scores. Eagles win. The Eagles have won the 2016 Steampunk Championship. Catch all the excitement of Boston College Athletics right here on WZBC Newton 90.3 FM. As BC's only student radio broadcasting organization, WZBC Sports brings a different viewpoint of college athletics to the table. Our student commentators know the campus, student-athlete culture, and latest beat on the teams like no other media outlet, thanks to our dedicated coverage of Boston College sports. Check out our broadcast or weekly talk show schedules at www.wzbcsports.com and get a refreshing take on sporting events at the heights and beyond.